Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to open up your eyes. Open your eyes to make you wealthy and wise. You can watch your profits rise with a business enterprise. We give you what you need to know, what you need to watch your earnings grow. You can reach a record high with a business enterprise. Surprise! You're listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio. With your host, Erica Collins. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise, where we want to see your business rise. It's October 4th, 2020, coming to you live from New York, New York. It's been a beautiful week in the town that never sleeps. While some of you are waiting for the stimulus results, and others are trying to figure out when did the president get coronavirus, we have a wonderful show for you today with Federoff, colon, of Press on Youth Development Center. Good evening, Federoff. Good evening. Hi. How are you, Erica? Thanks for having me. Nice to have you, too. Federoff Colin's career in the entertainment industry began with Eddie Murphy Productions, EMP. Federoff was a personal dresser for EMPs, three national comedy tour, Raw, Lord Have Murphy, and Pieces of My Mind. Federoff has worked alongside film director John Landis, Oscar-winning makeup artist Rick Baker, pop icon Michael Jackson, and film director Wes Craven. In addition, Federoff worked with Quincy Jones, music legends Herbie Hancock, Niall Rogers, and Rick James, as well as producer DJ Jojo Flores of Got Soul Records, along with many international music producers and DJs, and in such historic venues as Radio City Music Hall and Hard Rock Cafe. Being true to his roots, his development center, is a nonprofit organization devoted to improving the lives of underprivileged children. Federoff attended Philadelphia Community College and the Borough of Manhattan Junior College. Once again, welcome to the show, Federoff. Thanks. Thanks for having so me, Erica. Can you take us? <laughs> it's nice to be here. Can you take us back? into time to when you were a little boy, what did you want to be? That's a great question. Um, when, I was a, when I was a little kid, you know, I had such uh, uh, an imagination. Uh, I wanted to be so many different things. And I actually was the type of kid who um, in school, I would daydream a lot. I, was, I always wanted to sit next to the window, like in, in grammar school just so I could look out of the window and look at the sky and look at the planes and, and just dream. And mm. I used to always want, I grew up wanting to be, I first wanted to be a cowboy, you know, um, I used to love cowboy movies and, and, and my mother used to get me the whole cowboy outfit, the hat, the boots, 
the guns, uh, the horses, his toys, and 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 and, I, and this is a true story. I was I was so into being a cowboy that my mother actually had a friend in the neighborhood named um, Keith Gale come by my house one time to pick me up on a horse. A big white horse came to my front door, and Aww. my mother brought me out of the house and let me get on the horse. True story. Uh, and it, it just it, it makes me want to cry because just knowing you know the um, the amazing mother that my mom was and is she's still alive back in Philly but but she always catered to my uh, ambitions and my my dreams and you know my imagination so I wanted to be a cowboy then I wanted to be a science scientist I really got into like a lot of uh, uh, science. Uh, uh, I was really into like rocks, collecting rocks and dirt and ants, and and I was always fascinated by life. So when I would see like mm-hmm. ants, you know, or just something alive, a spider or a, a fly or a butterfly or birds, you know, I was always amazed by that. So I got into like I, I started to get into like science and 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 biology. So when I was eight years old for my birthday, my mother got me a biology set. And and I started dissecting, you know, uh, 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 insects, you know, and and I dissected a frog, and I dissected a big, I had a big black um, uh, locust, like a grasshopper. It must have been two inches long, and it was in a jar. And I used to, you know, <laughs> carry it around, show people, you know. So, you know, when I was a kid, I, I you know I had this imagination. Then I got into like, um, I got into like. Uh, one thing led to another. I got into like uh, uh, gymnastics, and then I got into I was a paper boy for years. When I got older, you know, between like uh, uh, ten and 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 fourteen, I was a paper boy for like five years. So I, I did that, and and then I got into um, I, I got into uh, boxing, and I got into gymnastics, and. I would get into I I was also I was into music. I actually got into music in grammar school. Um I went to a school in West Philadelphia called John Barry School. So me and my a guy I grew up with named named William Nichols, his nickname was Fat Dog. I used to hang out with this guy named <laughs> Fat Dog who was my best friend, who was an amazing person. Taught me just about everything I'm into now that I know. I learned from Fat Dog, which is sports and college and about colleges and and, and and music. Well, anyway, we got into music. We used to like uh, walking around in my neighborhood where I lived. That there were so many different guys that or people that were musicians at this particular time. So you could walk by somebody's house, and you could hear the sounds of music coming from their house because they were practicing. You know, all I mean, hmm. you can go you can go in any direction of my neighborhood. You can go north, south, east, west, whatever, and, and you know, in a mile radius each way. And you'll hear people playing music. So uh, there were and there were a lot of bands in our neighborhood at, at this particular time, you know, in you know in the late seventies, 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 late seventies, whatever. So we got into I started getting into music, and then I was in a uh, music class and uh, and and Barry School in like fifth grade. My teacher's name was Mrs. Jenkins, and me and Fat mm-hmm. Dog, my friend, we both played the the uh, the bells. So. We would, they would let you bring the instruments home at that particular time when I, you know, I was in grammar school. So we, I would bring the bells home, and we would, me and Fat Dog, would, you know, would just mess around in music. So there was another guy uh, that I grew up with. His name was Spencer Harrison, and he was, he was a, uh, 
he he later on became famous. Uh, he 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 became a, a, a vocalist for Norman Connors, um, and hmm. Spencer was like a child prodigy in in our school, and he he uh, hmm. he was so good that when when he was in when he was in a uh, in grammar school, he became a part of the uh, Philadelphia uh, 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 choir, and they took him to Japan. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, me and Fat Dog quit the quit quit the uh, the music group because he was so good. And I just felt we just felt like we could never be like Spencer, so we just quit. And then we would just get into some other stuff. We started getting into trouble and you know doing things that we shouldn't have been doing. But we always, mm-hmm. me and Fat Dog, always stuck to music. I mean, we we bought our first albums when we were like ten year, nine or ten years old. I remember me and Fat Dog, we would go to a record store. My mother actually worked at a record shop off of 60th and Market Street, so me and Fat Dog would would go there and hang out. Mm-hmm. And at that particular mm-hmm. time, you know, they would play music, you know, over a loudspeaker, so you would hear the music in the streets. You know, before you even got you know, anywhere near the record store, you would hear the music, you know, so me and Fat Dog would go there and my mother would let us, you know, buy albums. She would give us albums. So we would go back to his house or my house and we would play the album. And then we knew like some of the DJs in our neighborhood, like this, this is this guy named DJ Doc. He was one of the, 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 you know, one of the coolest and best DJs. And Doc was our friend. His name was Gary. We knew Gary very well because we all lived in the same mm-hmm. neighborhood but Gary was really into music and then it was a group called um, um, oh man I forget the name of that group but there was, but there, were, there was another group called uh, 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 I forget the name from of the group area, I'm sorry yeah that's okay Philly Sounds I mean you, you just gave an amazing picture of childhood and yeah what was really going on during that time what yeah. made you start uh, Press On Youth Development Center. That's what made me start. What made me start Press On Youth Development Center? The name of the group was called Brutus, by the way. With my okay. friend Freddie was the lead singer in Brutus, and then Raw Image with Pete Rudd was a drummer who played Raw with Dexter Wandel. Yeah. So, so that, mm-hmm. that, those are some of the groups. So anyway, this is what made me start Press On. Is that growing up in that neighborhood, you know, there was never a, you know recreation centers for us. There was one called mm-hmm. Haddington's, which was on 57th and uh, Hatford Avenue, and it was a huge mm-hmm. center, and it's still there. It's still, still there, but it was never operated correctly. It was never like the doors were never open. It was, sometimes it would be open. Sometimes it wouldn't be open, and then you know, the grown-ups would always be in there, and instead of them opening it up and <laughs> taking care of us and letting us play, they would be in there playing cards, you know? Mm-hmm. So one time it was cold, really cold outside, and me and my crew, uh, me, Fat Dog, Walter Preston, Blaney Woodson, Jerry Carr, um, we actually cold that we we needed a place to go. So we went to Haddington's. We couldn't mm-hmm. get to Haddington's because they were always they were never open, and this was operated by the city, but the employees were they just didn't care about us, you know. Um, so we mm-hmm. went to the local church. Uh, I think the church. The name of the church was St. Matthew's. Well, anyway, we went to the church, and we knocked on the door, and this man opened up Mm -hmm. the church door, and he didn't Mm -hmm. open it up all the way, but he he cracked the door enough for for Mm -hmm. us to, like, be able to see in, and he wouldn't let us in. It was freezing outside, and we peeked Mm -hmm. in, and we we saw them inside playing cards, the grown-ups, and it made me furious. 
because it was freezing mm-hmm. outside. We were, and we wanted to go inside to play basketball, and they would not let us mm-hmm. in. And I, I just thought as a kid, I just thought that just didn't make any sense to me. You know, I thought right. it was so cruel. I thought it was so cruel, and I never forgot that. And I said that if I ever grow up and, and make something of myself and make some money, or it's not when if, I mean when I grow up and make some money. You know, I'm gonna come back here. I'm gonna mm-hmm. open up my own youth development center for the neighborhood, and the doors will always be open. That's what made me start hmm. pressing on youth. That's a great story. I mean, it's practically a movie the, the way you're telling the story. Um, how did your experiences prepare you for the venture? My experiences prepared me for the for the venture um, because it was there were so many adults that I thought that were so um, uh, not, not involved in our lives enough. I don't. I think that they didn't. They, they, it was almost like they didn't care enough, and mm-hmm. maybe it was because of what they were going through, you know, themselves. But I just felt that there was there was, there was a lack of um, support from the community with the adults when it came to the children. I just I just didn't think that the, you know, they were involved enough. Not to say that they weren't involved mm-hmm. because you had people that were involved. Like my aunt Vera, she had a bit. She had a a, a, a baseball team at this particular time for the, for all the gangs. Because I, where I lived, at, there were a lot of gangs. It was very heavily gang mm-hmm. influence. So you had to navigate mm-hmm. that at the, at this particular time. Okay. And people, a lot of people, a lot of people were getting killed. So you know there was there was that element of danger. So you know my aunt had a baseball team called for the few we have left and then there was another uh mm-hmm. gentleman his name was mr pettyway mr pettyway he was active with us he, he was he was like a baseball coach but he would always offer his time to us whenever he could you know to get us involved in some type of sports but it was just a lack of um of the facilities and then it, there was another facility um called Cobbs creek but it was on the south side of philadelphia and mm-hmm. at, the, at that particular time, it was just too dangerous to go over there because because of the gang. So, you you, you know, you, your life would be in danger if you went over to Cobbs Creek or if you went down set down um, to the place called the bottom. You had um, um, Hoop Street, but they had, a, they had a great recreation area down there, but they were just too dangerous. You know, there, there was another place on Osage Avenue uh, on the south side, but they were they, they were um, sports uh, or, or youth centers. But it was so so dangerous to go, so it was limited. Mm-hmm. Our places were limited, so um, you know that's re- what really made me uh, want to start something. You know, I was determined to do it. You know, and and I didn't. It okay. wasn't just me. It was it was a guy, it was another guy named Jerry Carr who I grew up with, who who deserves just as much as credit as I I I I, I have because we 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 started it together, and he he's the person who. To this day, he still lives in Philadelphia, and he operates uh, his own health center. Um, it's okay. a health center for, for 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 the people in the community, and he and he started his own academy. Um, right now, mm-hmm. in 2020, you know, uh, Jerry Carr is operating these facilities in our neighborhood. But he also started Press On Youth with me, and he he operated it, he built it, and he deserves just as much credit as I get, but uh, he's, he's just as responsible for, 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 for the growth uh, and the birth of the Press on Youth Development Program. Wonderful. How has the coronavirus pandemic affected your business? 
just well completely completely shut me down for the most part because uh, mm-hmm. I work in entertainment. Uh, I work primarily uh, in Hollywood or or in New York on uh, on on film and TV and theater. You know, so uh, for the most part, it shut me it shut me down. Uh, I actually I was working on a TV pilot in December of 2019 uh, for um, I think it was for Sony I think uh, uh, it was a show called Run the World and we were shooting it a TV pilot we were shooting it in uh, in, in Manhattan and we shut down on we finished they finished on December 19th and they actually wanted me to continue working on it for the wrap but it was too close to the holidays so I couldn't do it but right after that, like two weeks after that, the coronavirus – well, it actually hit in Asia, but I heard about it uh, then. I heard about it right after Christmas um, on the BBC News channel. Um, they started talking about mm-hmm. this virus out of China, so that's when I started paying attention to it. And then I was supposed to go to L.A. in t- January 2020 for, for to work on SWAT because I also work on SWAT for CBS, the TV series with Shamar Moore. Uh, so I was working. Mm-hmm. I was going to go out there and work on a, on season three, but um, uh, it didn't get shut down then. But I just decided I'm not I'm not going to travel because I, I I knew that something bad was going on in terms of this virus and traveling in the world. So I sort of quarantined my I self quarantined then, but it's completely shut me mm-hmm. down. Um, uh, and I'm just starting to, you know, to to, to get involved with more uh, online work and uh, streaming and and and, and uh, Zoom conference and things like that. But no, very limited uh, travel and, and, and in-person uh, work. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, your your past projects with EMT. Yeah, yeah, I, I love to talk about um, working with with um, uh, Mr. Murphy. Uh, uh, that that's that's a dream. Whenever I'm working with with Mr. Murphy, it's always like it's always like a dream for me because um, I never mm-hmm. take it. I try not to take it for granted. That's I think that's probably why I've been able to work for him for so many years. Um, but but Eddie is a he, he's an incredible and amazing person and human being and. And he's just a special person, um, and uh, just working, working with him, you know, from the moment we met, you know, we just hit it off, and 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 working with him has just been magical, and I'm glad and proud to say that I, you know, that that I can feel that way about working for a black man, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the entertainment industry that that's had so much success and that and that has so much uh, integrity uh, and loyalty. Um, and compassion and empathy, um, all, you know, he has all this, uh, and, uh, you know, I just love working for Eddie, and Eddie knows that, um, and I work for him, um, like I work for, you know, for, 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 as they say, the white people, white man, the white man, I give him the same respect, I give him the same, you know, I've never, I've never been late, I've worked for Eddie Murphy for 30-something years, and I've never been late, you know, because my approach to working for him is that you know, um, it's a it's, it, you know it's an opportunity that he gave me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the same person uh, uh, I am now as I was on my first day, uh, and give him and give him 100% every day that I show up to work for that man. Um, so it's it's just a blessing, and it, it's it's been it's been 
Eddie changed my life. Eddie Murphy changed my life. Um, and not just my life. He's changed a lot of people's lives. But he doesn't he doesn't boast about it, he doesn't talk about it. You know, he doesn't you know, he doesn't look all he wants you to do is, you know, live out your dreams and do the best you can and take care of your family and love yourself and live your life. You know, he wants that for everybody, you know, not just me. You know, so it's 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 amazing. It's been amazing working for him. It still is amazing working for him. You know, we just finished uh uh in the last five years we just we did uh we did uh three movies. We did Mr. Church in twenty fifteen and then we did uh Dolomite is my name for Netflix in twenty nineteen and we just did uh Coming to America Two uh in twenty nineteen. We actually shot that in Atlanta at Tom Perry Studios, so that was an amazing time just to be on that set, going to work every day. You know, I, I was so excited to get up and go to work. It didn't even feel like I was working 15 hours a day, but it was so much fun with Tracy Morgan, Wesley Snipes, um, Sherry Headley, uh, Chris Rock, Arsenio Hall, another amazing person, and Eddie, and it was so much fun uh, working on that movie. So it's, it's, I love I love working for Eddie Murphy. That my hero. is amazing history, and it's amazing the same kind of energy that your mom instilled in you kind of came through in your experiences. It seems like with uh, Eddie Murphy, that same type of empowerment. Uh, what is the best advice that you could give to those who need your services? Who need my services? Mm-hmm. Oh, the best advice is is that, you know, don't wait for anybody, you know, take care of your community and, you know, show respect for your community and, you know, believe in people and listen to people and and help people. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's your community, you know, it's a special place and, you know, it's what you make it. Don't wait for anybody to come and make the changes in your community. Don't wait for anybody. You be the change, you know, you start, you, you know, you, you, you pick up the trash and, you know, you build, you build the playground and you find something for kids to do instead of sitting around. You, you be that, you be that change. You be the person collectively. That's what we need to do. It's like, you know, we can't wait for anybody to come and, you know, uh, uh, feed us. So I never, that's how I look at it. It's like, if I wait for somebody to come feed me or give me some food, then I can, I'll starve. But I, you know, mm. I'll go out and, and make food for myself. And, and I don't believe in selling drugs either. Uh, I don't, I don't understand, what, mm-hmm. you know, I don't understand that, you know, um, mm-hmm. people selling drugs to their own people in their own community. That that makes no sense to me. You know, I, I'll sell, I'll sell lemonade before I sell drugs because right. I, I've seen, I've seen the destruction of drugs in my neighborhood, you know, in my family, mm-hmm. in my friends. I've seen, I've, I've, I had a, my, my, one of my brothers OD on drugs. So I know mm. I know the danger and the damage, you know, the, the the destruction that drugs do. So you know, God mm-hmm. gave me two eyes, right? God gave me two eyes. God gave us two eyes. So I can I can I can actually see what drugs do. But mm-hmm. it's like God gave people these two eyes, that, you know, and vision, and they still can't see. It's like it's like, it's almost like they're blind if they can't see the damage that drugs do. You know, so, I, mm-hmm. so that's my advice. You know. You know, stop freaking selling drugs. Sell some fruit. You know, sell some mm-hmm. lemonade. You ain't got to sell no drugs to your own people in your own community because all it does is destroy your community. It makes you weak. It makes you weaker as a unit. You know, mm-hmm. and it's 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 it's, a, it's 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 just a bad. It's just it's just bad. Nobody wins with drugs. 
No, nothing. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. Even, nothing good comes out of drugs. Nothing. Period. Mm-hmm. Very true. And there's so many opportunities last. for African Americans to to build upon. Now, what would you like to see uh, your company do in the future? I'd like to see us uh, become a uh, a global brand where we can go to Africa, other countries, particularly like somewhere like Africa, and 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 forge and build bridges, you know, and forge a, a brotherhood and 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 teach and show, you know, uh, and share uh, information or share, you know, things that you know of, of that we've learned um, uh, in, in this American culture. And go back to, to Africa and share that, and vice versa, and learn from from other other you know African you know some of the the cultures from different countries in Africa that we've been denied of that we've been you know stripped of because you know I see I see Preston Youth as a bridge to, to to Africa or other countries, particularly Africa, you know people of color or black people um, because of uh, what we have. In America, that we take for granted that they don't have or they lack, such as you know, clean and fresh water, or, or uh, 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 you know, just just the the ability to you know to the have basic internet we take for granted that we take for yeah. granted, you know, a right. hospital, a local hospital that we can just go to, or we can actually make a phone right. call and call an ambulance and it'll come pick us up. They don't have that. What um, upcoming projects? I understand you're doing something with music and, and poetry. Yeah, I have a I have a, I have a, a, a album that that we're, I'm releasing uh, right now. It's on it's on Spotify, uh, it's on Apple, it's on iTunes. Um, it's called uh, calls the album's called Calls for Dismissal, Never This Again, and it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a mixture of of um, poetry, jazz, and um, um, just some grooves, uh, and Care Worthy and myself are working on it. Care is helping me uh, 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 market it and promote it right now. But it's an album that I did with a, a producer named Valdez Lovett and Ralph Hawkins and Dennis Neves out of Miami and Therese Willis from Australia, a female vocalist, um, uh, Lisa Frazier, a female vocalist out of Atlanta, out of uh, L.A., who's on it, um, uh, so we all collaborated on this on this album. I did the album, you know, a while ago, but I never really put it out. And Care Worthy, who's always believed in me, um, he's always always believed in me. And everything I do, this brother believes in me, whether it's in fashion, film, or music, or poetry, you know. And you know, I've I've done a lot of poetry performances throughout the years uh, in L.A. and Miami and New York and Philadelphia. And I decided to, you know, mm-hmm. put some of my poems to some music. So, you know, I have uh, 12 tracks on this album that you can find, uh, as I said, on Spotify. It's called uh, Cause mm-hmm. The group is called Cause for Dismissal. The album is called Never This Again. Um, and you can go on YouTube um, at um, uh, my name, uh, Federoff uh, Performance, on YouTube and check uh, out my poetry. Yeah. That's on YouTube. It's Federoff, awesome. S-E-T-T-E-R-O-F-F, Peak Skill, P-E-E-K-S-K-I-L-L, and see uh, the, uh, one of my performances, a poem I did called Institutionalize Our Fathers, which talks about what happened with the George Floyd, the death of George Floyd, mm-hmm. and what's going on in this country right now with um, uh, a lot of our fathers and black men that are behind bars that have been institutionalized 
for so long. That's what that's what my album talks about, and that's what this poem talks about. And then you can go to YouTube and check it out. It's a very powerful piece. Um, so that's that, that's what this awesome. album is about. Very awesome. You've got a lot going on, Federoff. We got to bring you back to this show. But I want to thank you so much for being on the show. We know that you and your company will be a great success. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Business of Entertainment on Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise. If you want more information, you can like us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check out Better Off. You're listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Erica Collins. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 